0: mission, which is making it easier for everyone to experience the world. If that's your mission, you better make sure that your company also represents everyone.
1: Today's guest in CMO Talk is Arjen Dijk, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Booking.com.
2: This is CMO Talk, the podcast, marketing discussed at the highest level.
1: Welcome and thanks for tuning in to CMO Talk. Uh, My name is Klaas Wijma, professional marketer, founder of Agency Energize and podcaster since 2008. In this monthly show, we unravel the secrets of world's marketing giants.
3: And I'm Adam Fields. I'm a stand-up comedian with a modest education. Uh, But according to Booking.com, I'm a genius. Yeah. Booking a few hotel rooms is now the same as coming up with the theory of relativity. Apparently,
1: yeah, it's our great honor to have Arjen as our guest, and yeah, you were starring in uh, the Dutch CMO Talk Show uh, a year and a half ago, and. Uh, did you know that an episode made it to the second most listened interview of all time? Wow. So, um, Arjen, you've been Chief Marketing Officer of Booking.com since uh, 2019, so uh, two years now. And uh, prior to Booking, you were part of the leadership team, the global leadership team of Google as uh, VP uh, Global Marketing. And yep. uh, before that, um, you were also brand leader at, uh, at Unilever and uh, you also served in several other uh, roles as uh, Global Marketing
3: Officer. So now booking. Yeah, very impressive uh, CV there. Um, But today we're talking to Aryan about diversity and inclusion. Uh, We will discuss how to build a diverse team, including an LGBTQ plus community. How do you refrain from bias in your company's communication and the services you provide? What are the best practices of diversity in marketing? And how do you go about building a diverse and inclusive company culture? Answers to these and many more questions right here in CMO Talk.
1: and welcome to the virtual studio. And uh, just mentioned in our introduction, it's the, uh, the second time we spoke. Uh, the last time it was uh, right in the
3: beginning of the first lockdown. And
1: uh, here we are again. It, it little bit feels like Groundhog
0: Day, doesn't
3: it? So, so how have you, have you come out of its, uh, the, the, the various waves? How's, how's booking doing?
0: Yeah, booking is doing really well. Um, the whole travel industry clearly has gone through a very difficult time, uh, so uh, including ourselves. So people really stopped booking in March 2020. Mm. You know, the great thing is is that when restrictions were kind of lifted, you immediately see that demand is picking up huh? because we're all very hungry to travel. Mm. We all really want to get out there. And um, so that's a positive. So we actually had a very good Q3 um we're very nervous, clearly, about yeah, you we know, the new variant, you know. So we're monitoring that that very carefully. But how we look at um, our role in the world is that we really uh, make it easier for people to experience the world. But then our accommodation partners, we really are giving them demand uh, in times where it's really, really difficult to get demand. So, um, so you know, looking hopeful, looking positive, but clearly. You know the future is still a little bit uncertain.
3: Yeah, I can imagine. You you, you uh, said in your your last interview that you're expecting that people be uh, travelling more local, um, going, having holidays closer to home. Is that something you you, you saw pan out?
0: Yeah. Oh, t- totally. You know, so our mix between domestic and international has shifted dramatically. So people are kind of more focused on domestic. Then we see that people are more focused on staying in places with a bit more space, so more rural spaces. Then we introduce filters like, you know, Wi-Fi connectivity yeah, for you to work from uh, your holiday destination. We in, in, introduce filters around uh, um, hygiene yeah, and, and that you really can know, you know, am I sure that I go to a place where where the protocols are, are being um, being done? So so lots of change. Uh, the good thing is, you know, a flexible mindset, you know, is, is very good. But yeah. I would like to say, you know, that, People always say they love change, you know, and when it then happens, it's actually quite painful. Uh, it's a bit like a supermarket when they change the complete layout and you walk into the supermarket <laughs> where's the milk? Uh, that you're completely annoyed because you don't know where the milk is.
1: Nice. You, you have been at the booking uh, since 2019 and since then has been working towards a more inclusive culture. How was the situation when you arrived two years ago?
0: Well, one of the key reasons of joining Booking actually is that the company was, in my opinion, already at the forefront of diversity and inclusion. Um, the interesting thing is that uh, in my role as, as, as VP of marketing at, at Google, I actually did a um, chat at Booking.com doing Pride in 2017. Mm. Uh, at, at google i was the most senior lgbtq plus uh, person at the time and um, i really talked about how, how it is to work in california in the silicon valley how to work at a global tech company and the most amazing thing that was actually the best thing for me to experience because in 2017 i think or 2018 i was sitting in front of probably 300 people at booking.com and i could have been at google uh, so uh, and the key thing was really a culture of curiousness, a culture of kind of wanting to learn, a culture of, hey, how do we, how do we really progress? And, um, and it's something that I really liked at Google, and that's also something that I really see at Booking. It doesn't mean it's all perfect. It uh, doesn't mean there's not a long road ahead of us, but it means if you have this kind of intellectual curiosity, if you have this willingness to learn, a willingness to look at things from a different perspective, you know, you're in a very good place. So, to be fair, when I arrived, that was all in place, uh, and um, and that's something to really uh, feel good about. And you probably have seen that in the Financial Times uh, for for the past couple of years, we were top three rated out of 800 companies in, in, in Europe, significant companies in Europe, in being most diverse and inclusive.
2: Don't want to miss an episode of CMO Talk. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on cmotalk.global. If we talk about
1: diversity, uh, still some companies didn't quite get it, right? They didn't, didn't read the memo, let's say. But, and and what, what struck us in the preparation of this interview is that a lot of discussion focuses around uh, woman quota on uh, high-level positions like the glass ceiling. And, of course, that's important, but diversity goes way beyond that. Uh, why is a diverse team so important for a company like Booking?
0: Well, the, the key thing is, if you want to be a platform for everyone, huh? I talked to you about our mission, which is making it easier for everyone to experience the world. If that's your mission, you better make sure that your company also represents everyone because it means that, you know, people can put themselves into the shoes of different people. And if you would only hire one kind of person, you know, it would be impossible for us to adapt you know, our, um, our our platform to consumers in India, or consumers in Australia, and consumers in um, in the Netherlands. So I do think that's a very important reason. Um, I do think also that you know it matters because it's just so much more interesting. You know, when you know you're working with. People who are different, who have a different perspective, and it can be very productive on the most positive way. You know, like like that can be a very productive and positive positive environment. And I do think that most companies have read the memo. You know, a class. You know, mm-hmm. I do think that most companies know it's kind of table stakes. To really say you do something, right? But the difficult thing is, what do you do exactly? And and um, and that's something everyone will struggle with. And it doesn't matter how sophisticated the company is. Is that do you set quota? Do not you set quota? What what what? How do you hire? How do you? Because what you always want is to hire, for example, the best person for the role. And I personally struggle, for example, with quota because I do think that that's kind of not fair on either party right eh? you you don't want to be the diversity higher i can tell you eh? yeah. so so you don't want that
1: but there's still t- stereotyping in that right you are the diversity higher so right so it's still labeling it's uh, l- yeah. let's let's yeah. take it l- i would like to take it one step back how would you define diversity so what, what we what yeah. we see is that inclusion is most of the time used as a synonym of, of diversity are, are they the
3: same Or or do you see differences between diversity and inclusion?
0: Yeah, uh, diversity is really a very statistical thing. Uh, um, But it gets very complex very quickly because I I actually have a very broad definition of diversity. Uh, If you look traditionally, especially in the US, you see that gender and race are kind of two major lines in, 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 in diversity. Where, you know, I think also kind of cognitive diversity you know, okay. plays an important role. Um, skill diversity plays a very important role. Uh, so there are many, many different ways of diversity, I think, that 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 are important. But it's something that is almost kind of more factual and statistical, although you could argue that, you know, <coughs> cognitive diversity is actually quite difficult to assess. And so, um, but um, uh, the inclusion is actually something that goes a little bit beyond for example acceptance or tolerance inclusion means you're an integral part of a you know company you're an an important part of of the total sum where if you if you're tolerated um (laughs) you know it's it's very different you know we talk about diversity and tolerance yeah and and um, nice. and the Dutch always used to say we're very tolerant, but it actually <laughs> in the context of
3: 2021, it's a dreadful word actually. Tolerant, I mean, as, tolerant, as, 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 as tolerated, which just means we don't really like you. <laughs> I don't really mind. A, it's a, yeah, exactly. But, it's, it's it's very different to be being welcomed. You know, if you have a if you have a doormat that says, you know. You know, welcome, or or, or a doormat that says tolerated. That's very <laughs> right. different. You know, different different things. And inclusion
0: means you're included in decision making. It means that your opinion matters. That that your voice mm. is heard. I think that's kind of and imagine that your voice is tolerated. You know, which is you can speak every five minutes, but not more. You know, yeah. and it doesn't matter what you say. So, yeah. so I think that's the difference between diversity and 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 inclusion, because you could be a very diverse company, but not be very inclusive, ah. right? So
1: some companies like Facebook, Coca-Cola, have chief diversity or uh, chief inclusion officers. Uh, does booking have these roles in place?
0: Yeah, we have a whole diversity and inclusion team um, mm-hmm. and uh, clearly also a team that is very, you know, focused on... How do we make sure that we apply the science, that we have the numbers, that we look at things, that we help you know, our employees, that we help our management to be as diverse and inclusive as we, as we can be? We also have employee resource groups, so that that diversity team in our HR uh, department also helps the employee resource groups to be up and running and to provide help and support for them to be, to be successful. Because if I look at Booking.com also, we have a hugely active employee base. For example, the LGBTQ plus community is called Be Proud. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it's a very active community. You know, like it's, it's, it's grassroots, so people get involved you know, um, because they really want to. But it really means that if we introduce new product features like Travel Proud, that we do multiple focus groups with mm-hmm. them and, and ask for the help to make sure we get it right. Uh, and because um, I don't know if you know but we in, we introduced this badge uh, for for inclusive yep, yep. travel and travel proud and I'm very proud on travel proud yeah sounds a little bit ridiculous'm <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy with it and uh, but the key thing before we launched it was like okay are we really doing well um, have we looked at all our language on our platform in our emails in our communications to make sure uh, that we really you know, are as inclusive as we can be in terms of our language. And then we did this whole exercise and, and you'll see that we hardly ever will use any more Mr. And Mrs. or we'll, we won't okay. use really he, she, um, because why would we? Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's really not that necessary. And,
3: um, but what do you uh, say to some companies that maybe, or or individuals, that just, just change pronouns, is, is, you know, they might just do that, change the pronouns, but is, is that is that enough, you know? No, exactly. Well, we have in our
0: email uh, footers, you know, you, you can add in your pronoun. I did that, so if, if I email you, you see that I identify as he miss. You know, so we and and the reason we all did this because I sometimes get the question: Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
3: Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. It can if, it can't just be blocking. seen as seen as just a sort of just a gesture, really, just a sort of. Yeah, different and, and different you can also
0: argue that it, it it's almost boxing me in into a specific. Um, mm, yes. The only thing, how I look at it is that it really will increase awareness mm. and consideration of not everyone having the pronouns that A, you would expect, or A, uh, you would automatically attribute to. Mm. Uh, and I think that's really important that, that people should identify how they want to be identified. And that that's me doing that, so hopefully creates awareness and, and consideration, you know, for People to use the pronouns they want to use.
3: So, so for booking, uh, is, is diversity a goal in itself or is it a means to an end?
0: No, it's a means to an end, of course. You know, like I, I do think that diversity we really want to have because A, builds our corporate culture, B, it creates our company success, it makes sure that our platform can be used in, in over 200 countries in the world without a glitch. And um, I told you that the reason that we're so successful is, is really because of that. That we run, you know, our marketing campaigns, our product, everything in 43 languages in, I think, 189 countries in the world, you know, that are... Um, so pretty so much everywhere. Yeah, pretty much everywhere. Yeah.
2: Love CMO Talk? Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We're interested in your opinion, and you'll help others find this podcast too.
3: Building a diverse team internally is important, but it's also important for companies to be inclusive towards customers. And that brings me to our first statement of the day. Um, For a company to be inclusive towards consumers, first, the internal culture needs to be on par. What would you say to that?
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure what you mean with that, you know, if I'm honest, um, to, to give you a bit of a hard time. You know, like, um, I do think that if you want to be a brand for everyone, you clearly need to give it thought.
3: And guess what I'm getting at with that statement is, is there a difference between uh, brand say and brand do? As quote quoting Connie Brown's from our last interview.
0: Yeah, I, I I really think so. And listen, when you watch television at the moment, You can immediately tell, I think, when a company is really doing a good job in true diversity or it's like, you know, we need a black person or a brown person, yeah? Yeah. And we all sniff it out, yeah? And I really, really, really always will look at, are we showing up with integrity? Does this really fit? Is this real? Right. In marketing, I I talk a lot about truth-telling, you know, that I think the most important thing for a brand, and Connie might not agree, by the way, but in technology, you know, where marketing plays a role of accelerating momentum, I really believe in truth-telling, which is we're solving this problem for you in an easier, better, and cheaper way. Huh? And, and that's the reason booking is, is successful. So when you do the truth-telling, you should apply that also to, you know, the storytelling you do. Huh? This needs to be real. And, and we all know how this feels. You know, we remember, you know, the annual reports of companies that show up, Actors and 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 not real people, mm. you know, all carefully put together to, to to have the United Colors of Benetton. Right, never do that. And mm. I was very proud of our travel prize campaign. You should have a look at it.
3: Because I, we've looked people, at it. It's, it's very impressive. People,
0: yeah, but they're real people.
3: Yeah. they're not
0: actors. Yeah. Uh, so there's a real uh, gay couple, a real uh, uh, lesbian couple, a real gender neutral person, you know. So, um, so or non-binary person. So, so, so I. We really work hard at making it real, and people because people are smart, mm. you know. We always no. think that it, when you work in advertising industry, that it's not the case. You know, uh, of course they are. People look through stuff very, very quickly. But,
1: but Arian, uh, we all uh, face stereo the, the 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 drawback of stereotyping. Also, if you're gay, I, th- I can imagine that you probably look at the world from your your own lens how do you how do you pre, how do you prevent stereotyping or accidental stereotyping in in marketing
0: well the, the best thing is always that the stereotypes are complex you know mm. because I'm a middle-aged gay man I am the ultimate stereotype of the middle-aged gay man I love sitting Neon I love the Eurovision song <laughs> contest yeah so, so I can give you many more examples so I'm the ultimate stereotype of the gay middle-aged
3: man
0: I don't want to be called
3: one uh-huh. You know, that's a
0: very interesting mm-hmm. one. But, um, so
3: there's that. But uh, but you you say that about yourself. Yeah. That's, and that's okay.
0: And that's and that's okay. But so so the interesting thing is when you apply these things to yourself, mm-hmm. and that's what I've learned also when you talk about diversity and inclusion, is that I cannot talk about how things feel for you or how how, mm-hmm. how you think. I can really talk about it, how it feels for me. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you is that, of course, when I have my Celine Dion on full blast, people look at me and roll their eyes and say, "Oh my God, you know, you look at him." But I don't want to be called a stereotype. Right. right. There is so much more to me. I think that than than that stereotype of the gay related man. So, and that goes for everyone, I think, uh, and that's really important. Uh, and 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 finding that right balance of 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 course, you know, we're all in a way a certain stereotype, but there's
3: much more to us than only Mm. that specific. uh, Nobody wants to be pigeonholed, do they? Yeah. no one wants to be bitching off yeah um, for, maybe for our listeners we should probably yeah. explain the explain the campaign because it's a really impressive campaign it, it says basically at booking.com we filter places not people and that's a very strong statement and you talk about travel proud and it's the badge that helps you find the most welcoming places to stay and you have images of various uh, lgbtq plus people um feeling coming to a hotel or going to swimming pool but being able to express themselves and f- and be themselves, uh, because you've filtered these places that, that, that are welcoming to to people from that community, and it, they're beautiful, cheeky, and maybe for some people quite challenging adverts. Um, I looked at, read some of the some of the YouTube comments. Lots of thumbs up and people saying, "Wow, wonderful, wonderful." But there's also a lot of negative and a lot of hateful yeah. stuff as well. Quite disgusting reactions, it quite upset me as well reading them. Um, by upsetting some people, does that sort of spur you on? To make you feel like you're doing the right thing, if you if you really are upsetting and challenging some people,
0: yeah, you know the good thing is we did a lot of testing around this also, mm-hmm. and, um, and you see that everyone wants to be treated well, and and everyone it doesn't matter who you were when we showed this to people, people got it and mm-hmm. said, well, "When I show up at the reception desk, I want to be treated well," you know, so uh, no matter who I am and and that message we really wanted to to bring across and um and i agree when you see a non-binary person in a bathing suit that you would not necessarily expect you know interesting no like like, um but what's wrong with it you know like like yeah we're all human beings right who cares you know (laughs) like like and um and and everyone should really you know uh, be able to wear what they want no like Believe really, really in that And a lot always when in my days at Google, said the dress code at Google, said wear clothes. You know, <laughs> so you have to wear So, so it it was really a little bit there But I think everyone got the key message that we want to to really uh, bring across. And listen, I've experienced it myself. That you arrive at a reception desk uh, with, with with your partner, and you get two single beds. You're like, no, I ordered a king size bed. It wasn't that there? You know, yeah. I, I put it in the reservation. And and, um, and everyone has had those those experiences. And um, uh, so important that we really help, you know, our accommodation partners to say, okay, we train them, we keep them in, in, in informed around the later developments because also language is moving on. Um, do you think,
1: Arjen, um, um, going back to your personal experiences as traveler, um, do you think that, that at the reception it's just that people um, yeah behave in that way accidentally or not on purpose or is it um, do you did you experience uh, really forms of discrimination yourself
3: yeah
0: you know like we did a research uh, on almost 30,000 uh, people and then you see it on three continents and it really depends you know so and it's really difficult to assess if something is intentional or just right. kind of Uh, habits and it doesn't really matter because it it matters about how our guests feel you know and and how i feel and Mm. and it's very easy to really prevent it so um and everyone is entitled to their own faults and beliefs and whatever but when you work for example in the hospitality industry you should be hospitable yeah you know like um so that's that's uh, and we all have experience sometimes if you deal with people like you're probably in the wrong industry and uh, you need to work somewhere else. Because if that's your job, you should really delight and say, you know what, I don't need to like the person I'm, I'm hosting. I don't need to be best friends with them. You know, they're a guest of mine, so I will treat them with respect and I will treat them well. And, and that's really what we're trying to, to, to achieve. That's that, uh, simple ways. Of making sure that more people feel feel um, included.
3: Do, do you feel like you're on a, on a mission then to to, to change attitudes uh, towards more, more inclusivity uh, globally? Then are you a soldier? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't really see myself as an activist or as a soldier. Mm. I'm much more taking it from the strategic lines in our company where we have a mission. And we changed that mission, actually. When I, when I came in, we we had a slightly different mission, but we changed it. I worked hard at that. And making it easier for everyone to experience the world more or less means you have to act on that. Yep. You know, in this, that, that, that you cannot say, oh, yeah, uh, everyone means... You know, yeah, no Chinese people, no Korean people, of course. We mean for everyone. So we welcome all nationalities to our platform. Yeah. So, so we need to make sure that we, you know, have a platform that works for all, for, for, for everyone. So that's more how how I approach it.
3: Um, Aren't are you afraid that perhaps you'll lose customers because people who don't maybe sign up to your same values?
0: No, no, I'm not worried about it at all. Okay. I, and I have also, if, if you look at this, you know, in, in, in our numbers, you know, we passed, you know, in a mobile app, more than 100 million monthly multi-active users mm. being in a pandemic. You know, it's actually pretty amazing. Yeah. So this kind of stuff works, you know, uh, I really, I really believe that.
2: CMO Talk, an inspiring interview every month with the top names in marketing, hosted by Klaas Weimer and Adam Fields.
3: Statement number two, here we go. Um, being, <laughs> statement number two is being open about your sexuality is still a big hurdle in leadership teams. Have you experienced that?
0: No, I haven't experienced that. Um, the interesting thing is that when you work at the most senior level, I do believe it's actually really important that you know the people you work with. Yeah. so because you try, you need to trust each other and 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 we're taking big decisions and, and a lot of money is involved and and a lot of people are involved so for example in in my recruitment process with with booking, you know I had an excellent chat with Glenn, my boss the CEO of Booking Holdings, uh, our CFO, you know especially around this topic. Mm-hmm. Of, of being an LGBTQ+ plus leader and how i would fit in within uh, booking.com and so i i really i'm kind of a proponent of the statements you know being able to bring your full self to work whatever whatever do, that means do mean. you
3: feel you have to be open about your your sexuality is it, isn't isn't that a private matter in in yeah. what, was I, that what's that to do with, with everyone, what's that to do with your
0: work i think it's a choice everyone needs to make the only point i'm making is that mm if you bring yourself to work mm. and, and and people get you, people yeah. understand you, they make they, they understand what makes you tick. Yeah, they can relate to you, right? They can relate to you. You create an environment of trust. Mm. And, yeah. and and if you're... For example, with, with my boss, if I couldn't talk with him about mm. these things, how would you trust me with billions of dollars in marketing? Right. Projects? You know what I mean? Is that, that I'm not really sure what he's thinking. Mm. You know, like, uh, I don't really... And, and clearly, you know, I'm also, listen, I'm, I'm, uh, am I, am I a boomer? I think so, huh? When you're 51, I think I'm a boomer.
3: So, I'm 51, I'm a boomer.
0: <laughs> i so, so it means that I grew up in a very different context than all of people in the current workforce, which is in the early nineties. Uh, you would really work, 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 you know, not ask difficult questions, you know, like just, just go for it. Context has changed for the better. I yeah. believe. I really, I really, I really believe that. And and that in itself also has helped. I think for people to be more open. And also, you spend so much time at at um, at work. I always talk about the seven questions that predict if you're happy. One of the key questions is: Do you have a best friend at work? And mm-hmm. the moment you don't have a best friend at work, likelihood is that you don't really love working for your company. Mm-hmm. And um, I made, you know, at, at Google, for example, best friends for life, you know, I, I owned a car together with a colleague, you know, like, uh, that kind of stuff. Nice. And the same at, at booking again, that I really can say that I probably have two, three really good friends who I gladly will go for dinner with, who I gladly will have at my house for, for a drink. And, you know, if you can't do these things, I'm not saying you should, mm. you know, like, um, is it that fun? Yep. And, mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, work is, of course, work, but why not make it a little bit fun? Yeah. You spend doesn't. so much time
1: at your office or virtual at home. Yeah. Um, you, you even see more, spend more time with your colleague than your spouse, right? So <laughs> um, um, uh, I would like to go to the relay question. So uh, we mentioned Connie Brahms. She was our uh, previous guest in CMO Talk. She's the chief marketing and digital officer at Unilever. And she has a question for you.
2: What can we all learn from your experience and what can you teach marketers and then specifically about marketing in a digital era?
0: Yeah. So one of the key learnings from Google is that I really believe that the role of marketing is to accelerate momentum, not necessarily to create momentum. And that's a, that's a big difference uh, potentially from where Connie is sitting in, in the Unilever uh, side of the, of, the, of the house. And um, because it's very product-focused, it's very tech-focused, it's very uh, focused on, um, you know, making sure that, that the product is right and, and fit for purpose. And then when that's fit for purpose, you know, you put marketing behind it to really create momentum and I think that's that's kind of a key learning I've I've had at, at Google is that when you start to do marketing for products that are not that great or not that differentiated or actually worse than competitors yeah marketing generally won't work so I really challenge also my my people within uh, booking.com to say you know what is a product ready for launch yeah. you know and then product marketing is actually really important and that's a different role for marketing not easy uh, that's that's and that's a skill set that is difficult to, to get because you need to really be a sparring partner for product managers and say, hey, you know, the implementation of this GDPR regulation is really clunky and it's really mm-hmm. difficult for, for for our users. Should we not change it before we put on a big marketing campaign and right. people then get stuck? Are we ready for acceleration?
3: That's probably yeah. a really great question,
0: right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, uh...
3: Okay, are you ready for some dilemmas? Here we go, we just choose one of the two. Don't think too hard, just quick answer. Okay, what comes first, inclusion or diversity?
0: Yeah, I believe inclusion will come first. Ah. Because when you get that right, diversity will follow.
3: Ah, right. Best price or best service?
0: I I do think that price is very important. You know, service is clearly also a table stake, but ideally we make sure that you don't even need to use
3: service. Right. Awareness or activation? Activision. Hmm. Amazon or Apple? Apple. <laughs> <laughs> he says, talk, talk to us through through a MacBook, probably. Yeah. Um, personal or personalized? Personal. Hmm. Five-star hotel or small boutique? Small boutique, anytime. <laughs> I thought you might be that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which dilemma would you like to discuss
1: in more detail, Aryan?
0: Well, the, the diversity and inclusion one is an, is an interesting one, and um, and I get that question more more often. Mm. But what you don't want is to really drive diversity and then people not feeling included, and it can be can be very tiresome. I, I was I was a coach for several black people in the US when I worked at Google, and the key issue was often is that, you know, in a meeting of a hundred people, there will be two black people, you know. So mm. how do you then mm. feel those people included. That's very tough. Yeah. You know, and so it means that you can get the hiring right, you can get the numbers right, but then you really need to make sure that people don't really feel that they're part of um, of a community. And that's that's really, really uh, uh, important. Yeah? Nice.
1: I would like to, uh, I would like to ask you some personal questions. Who, who inspires you?
0: Who inspires me? God, yeah. I probably many people inspire me. I try to, to read, you know, lots of books and and that can be kind of professional, kind of more, you know, uh, mental, etc. Uh, even like a bit of Deepak Chopra, I tell yep. you, you know, like a bit of Buddhist Zen, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and you can be critical about him because you can say, ah, he ripped off some Buddhism and a couple of other stuff. But it's more kind of a way of thinking that yeah. um, that I kind of liked. So... Um,
1: do you and, have a marketing book which you can recommend our listeners?
0: Yeah, I, I really still, I, I'm surprised how little understanding in marketing there is for behavioral science. Ah. And um, you have some really great authors. You know, Dan Ariely is one. Yeah. He, he was a key consultant on my team at Google for, for two years. He's great. And, and he's great. and um, And he really, I think, has dramatized very well kind of the impact of behavioral science. So people mm. say one thing but they then they do another. And um, and really understanding that mm. is is really important. And the brands were really powerful, I think, really show a deep understanding of behavioral science.
3: Oh, yeah. that, that that's reassuring to me to hear Margaret to talk about a psychology about the human brain about people about about emotion rather than just data yeah it's <laughs> <heard> so much <laughs> about data doing these podcasts it's like that that's that's what it's all about
0: oh, but it's, and we have those discussions all the time because i'm I'm having discussions with our data scientists for example mm. about the certain flow in our product and I say well there are this many people mm. who actually also click on this and say yeah because we give them the choice you know like yeah. do we really need to give them that choice or can we make it easier and better you know should we make it
3: different? Now, Booking.com is originally a Dutch company, and, and you're a Dutchman. Uh, did you see anything particularly Dutch in the roots of the company?
0: Yeah, we're, we're a very no nonsense, frugal company. Um, <laughs> and this, despite any books that you might have read, I don't know if you read these books, but um, um, in that, that sense, we're Dutch. On that set, the majority of our employee base is, is uh, non-Dutch or non, non-Dutch born uh, in our management team. You know, I'm the only Dutch person. Uh, so, so we're really a global company. Mm. It ha- it's headquartered in, in, in the Netherlands. Uh, so that's probably how I would look at it. Thank you,
1: uh, Arjen, so much for your time uh, and all the listeners. Yeah, Thanks for listening. It's essay. been
3: a pleasure talking to you and I wish you lots of, uh, lots of success on this uh, important mission. Yes. Thank you very much. It was uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to CMO Talk with Arjen Dijk about
1: diversity and inclusion. Don't want to miss out any episode of CMO Talk. You can subscribe to CMO Talk on your favorite podcast channel uh, or find our newsletter on cmotalk.global. we sure you will hope to be tuning in next month where we'll be talking to Erwin Adito, Vice President, Global Brand Leadership at McDonald's, if you have any questions or ideas. Feel free to reach out at class at cmotalk.global.
2: Thanks for listening. Please visit cmotalk.global for more interviews. The CMO Talk podcast is developed and directed by Energize. Audio, mixing, and mastering by voicebooking.